0: Welcome to another episode of Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach Ministries, president and founder, Finu Ipe. Hi, Pastor Finu.
1: Hey, Emily. I'm excited to be on another Mission Connect podcast. Wow. I'm excited about the person we're having on the show today, actually. I know I'm sort of jumping ahead here. But I'm really excited about the person we're having today.
0: Yes, we have a special guest with us today. But just a reminder to all our listeners that the purpose of this podcast is to connect them with the mission of God for their life and to equip them to connect Others to their mission with God. So, Pastor Fernou, for any new listeners that we may have, why don't you give a bit of background about uh, Passion to Reach Ministries, what we do, how we uh, work with churches and people to connect them with the mission of God?
1: You know, Emily, talking about new uh, listeners, I just want to put a plug in here for everyone that has been uh, connected with this podcast and you've been listening uh, weekly. Please make sure to subscribe to our iTunes account. Our iTunes channel is so important. Please let people know. Share on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Let people know this podcast is happening. So Passion Reach Ministries really was formed to help communicate the gospel with people. Uh, Initially, actually, it was not just in Canada. It was all over the world. And so uh, this podcast is obviously on the internet and people from all over the world tune in to the Mission Connect podcast. And so part of what we're doing right now as well is empowering believers, equipping believers and churches on how they can live out the mission of God for their lives. So it, it includes training churches, training church leaders, helping organize outreaches, discipling new people, the new believers that are coming to faith in Jesus, and then hosting conferences where uh, the church, the body of Christ, can come together and learn and be equipped on how they can live out their life missionally uh, and how they can impact people with the gospel of Jesus
0: so speaking of that what was a moment for you when when you got the realization that, that this is what god was calling you to in this time
1: wow that's a long answer i'm going <laughs> to i'm trying to find a moment you know really it was for me when i was 15 and I've shared this before in the podcast as well, I was 15 years old, I was in the Middle East where I was born and raised, and I had a vision. In that vision, I saw hundreds of thousands of people walking to the edge of a cliff, and when they got to the edge of the cliff, they uh, realized that they were actually going to fall over and they were falling into into this lake of fire. And I'd never heard about that before, never seen that before, never heard of anyone else having a vision similar to that before, and it really traumatized me, if you will, because I could see their faces, I could hear their screams, and I remember weeping out loud and just crying out and saying, somebody tell them this is what's going to happen Mm. to them. And that's when the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, basically called me uh, out into ministry to communicate the gospel and the love of Christ with people. So really that was the the pivotal moment in my life when I was 15 years old that sort of, I guess, has led us uh, as a ministry to where we are today.
0: You know, and our guest speaker today, she has... Uh, You know, a similar story where really she was comes from a background of some pain and some hurt. But in the midst of that, God captivated her heart and gave her a purpose. And now she's reaching tons of people in her secular uh, environment, secular work. She's a social worker and also in ministry, working with youth in the church in the area of dance.
1: So you know it's incredible, Emily. As as we do this uh, these mission uh, connect podcasts, I almost see a trend here where God's redemptive work is is so evident in people that come from some background of pain and suffering mm-hmm. and just injustice. Yeah. And not that God doesn't work in the lives of people that have had a quote unquote perfect childhood, but it just seems to be more evident and more pronounced in people that have been through some very difficult uh, circumstances in their life. Maybe it's just you know the. Bible talks about God has chosen the weak things of this world to show his strength and God has chosen the foolish things mm-hmm. to show his wisdom and how God uses people that I guess everybody else would just write off and say, oh, mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to accomplish anything great. And God says, oh, really, let me show you what I can do with their life.
0: Right, it's when they say, you know, that God uses our test for our testimony. So let's bring in our special guest speaker today, Alicia Johnson, who's with us today. We're so excited to have you here on the show and we welcome welcome you to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here.
1: Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. And we're so uh, excited to sort of jump in and and really talk about what God's been doing in your life and uh, all the great things that ha- it's happening right now. But you know, Alicia, one of the things we like to do on the podcast is to give people some context, mm-hmm. context of where you're coming from. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you're a leader today. Uh, I know at work, you're doing some significant things, helping a lot of people, managing people mm-hmm. uh, at uh, in ministry and a church. You're overseeing youth ministry impacting a lot of young people's lives and you know people would assume i suppose looking at you today that you had a perfect childhood that that you had all the right messages and the right input Mm -hmm. given to you so Mm -hmm. you could get to where you are but that wasn't really your context so why don't you give us a little bit of a background of where you're coming from
2: sure so if I could start with where I'm coming from I grew up uh, with my grandmother going to church I mean my mom at that point and my stepfather really didn't know the Lord but my grandmother was like all my grandchildren are gonna serve the Lord you know that was her purpose and I think that was her mission and so as a little child she would bring us to church with her and so I knew about you know Jesus and I knew about church and the church family and all of that through um, through her um, and grew up and and as time went by you know we would only spend some time on the weekends with her. However, most of the time it was just our immediate family. And then there was this tragic moment um, in my childhood where I was um, sexually abused by a family member, and it just as with anyone who's been through that, just ripped me apart. Um, And so you can imagine just being a child for almost a period of two years daily, um, just being spiraling, just emotionally spiraling out of control, trying to figure out what is going on? Why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? What is going on? And so, you know, just really had to deal with that. And uh, as with most people who experience, you know, childhood sexual abuse, there wasn't a disclosure. So I didn't share that with people, just tried to go through the motions, have my friends go to school, things like that. And eventually I told someone. And when I told someone, what was spiraling on the inside started to spiral on the outside all around me. Um, And so just really felt vulnerable and and just hurt and full of pain and I, I think that people around me could see that and so I became a target and there was a target on my back um, and and so the target was noticed by another couple of girls at my school at the time and they really just started to pick on me and pick on me and could see that I was insecure and and not sure of myself and I was hurt and I was wounded and so really it, it sort of climaxed to this moment where I was targeted and they grabbed me and shoved me in a locker and lost to the locker Um, and I remember being in there and just crying and just so um, angry and frustrated and sad and confused and I remember banging on the inside of that locker door and I made a covenant with myself that no one would ever hurt me again. And so when that locker opened and they finally cut the lock off and I walked out, I vowed that I would never be the same person again. And so I turned into the very thing that wounded me and I began to target other people. And I began to um, pick on other young people so much so that my school at that time thought that I was a danger to the rest of the student body. And so there were particular programs that they would put me in and things like that just to try and keep student population safe at my school. And so, I mean, all of that was really in sort of my preteen years and I transitioned into high school and thought I was big and bad and all of that. And all the while this was going on, I was still going to church still going wow. to church, you know, and at my mom came to to faith in Jesus Christ around my mid-high school years, and so I'd go to church with her, and at, before it was, you know, kind of an elective go with grandma, and now it was a requirement, you're coming to church with me. And so I would do all of that, and all the while going to church, and, you know, at one point I made uh, a commitment to Jesus because it's what other people were doing, but I still kind of lived my life on the side. Um, and so really just in this place where... I had one foot in and one foot out. And I remember it was at the age of about 17 where I um, had encountered God for real. Um, And it was this moment where I said, okay, God, I am so hurt. I am so broken. I think I was looking forward to my future, going, I'm going to be a young adult. I need to get my life in focus. And I really had this moment. I remember I was in my room and I just broke down before the Lord. There was a song that was playing on the radio and the lyrics of the song said, it's all for you. It's all for you. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. And it was as though God himself was singing that song to me and saying, Alicia, this is all I need you to say to me. Yeah. And it will be fine. It will be okay. And as I was on my bedroom floor that day, I wept and wept and wept before God. And just I said, "Okay, God, I need to be able to let it go." And from that day on, I've never been the same. So, what
1: was it? You, you know, you said a lot of things there mm-hmm. that I think are significant, and I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to and connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? What was the hardest thing for you um, that? To let go you know what i'm saying like i think a lot of people know i need to let go but but it's it's hard like i know in my mind i have to let go but to actually do it you know mm. and and sometimes uh it's you know when you look at god sometimes what people feel as well this is the role model i had this is for instance um if you had a father who treated you a certain way and then you look at god and then that's how you mm. see god in your life you know what i'm saying so you sort of look at god through the eyes of the experiences you've had, and so even though you want to trust God, it, it it's hard sometimes to to actually quote unquote let go, to use your words mm. there, and and to move forward and and almost like say the past doesn't exist anymore, although mm. it does exist and we know it happened, but to almost move away from that. So, what do you think was a hard thing? What was what, what was it that maybe was difficult for you in that process of letting go?
2: Mm. I would say one of the hardest things was getting rid of that root of bitterness that was in my heart, Mm. the unforgiveness Mm. that was there. Um, And funny enough that you talk about the example of, you know, the role model of a father. I didn't know my birth father. I met him once when I was 12 and never saw him again. And so even all of that was just in my heart. And so when I came into this relationship now of going, okay, God, you are my father and I'm going to trust you. I'm trying my best to trust you. um, Even that was hard because I didn't have the example of the earthly father. Mm. Um, And so really, I think the biggest challenge, for me was that the bitterness and the the forgiveness that needed to come because I thought I could move on while still holding on to the unforgiveness
0: so if we have listeners today who are holding on to kind of the pain and the hurts of the past or that unforgiveness what would you say to them to help them to be able to move forward to connect closer with God
2: unforgiveness holds you captive the other person the other people continue living their life And they don't know that you are feeling that way about them. And it's you who's held captive in that moment by those feelings, by those emotions, those thoughts, those those conceptions that you have in your mind. It is keeping you where you are. And so I think that's one thing that a lot of people in that moment when you're wrapped up in it don't recognize and don't understand and almost quite frankly don't care because it's safer to be with your hurt than to let it go. Mm You know, one of the things that we
1: talk about in the podcast a lot is, you know, not just a moment of salvation and a moment where you you come into a relationship with Christ, but when you connect with the mission of God for your life. Because, you know, Alicia, a lot of times people will get saved. And so they understand God's forgiven me. My sins are taken away and I have eternal life now. And then they sort of put their life on pause, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as their mission for God, because they're like, well, until I die, until Jesus comes, you know, there's really nothing for me at this moment. I'm just going to sort of go ahead and live my life, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way I want to live my life. But the reality, the Bible talks about this, is that God actually has a plan for our lives. And we uh, talk to our listeners every week about the reality that God is on mission. And God is inviting people to join him on his mission of pe- bringing people into a redemptive process, into a transformative uh, process so they can that he can have a relationship with them. So where was that moment for you where you connected Uh, after this moment of letting go and coming into Mm -hmm. faith in Christ, were you connected with God's mission for your life? And I get it. Sometimes it's a moment Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a process. But what was that like for you?
2: Uh, I, I would have to say it was a process I don't know that it was a the specific moment in time I think as I made that decision to just let go and begin trusting God God allowed um, people whether it be you know friends at school who were believers or it was people in my local church who would just come and begin to pour their love on me not that they weren't doing it before but I was in a place now to be able to receive it and I think as I continued to get counseling and mentorship and and coaching and just people just really wrapped their their love around me that I was able to sort of soak that in Um, and through that process I began to realize some truths in my life and one of them was that I was lovable and I think all of the things that um had happened to me I thought I'm like discounted, like there's mm-hmm. nothing left. I have mm-hmm. nothing to offer anybody. You know, I'm sort of an an outcast in society based on what's happened to me. And one of the truths that God revealed to me is that I am lovable, that there is value in me. And so this whole process of just being restored, restoring my confidence, restoring my identity and who I was in God that I didn't even realize before. I think all of that really was the pinnacle of the process. And, mm-hmm. and I continue to carry that message. And that's why... Um, the ministry of restoration is really so important and so mm-hmm. close to my heart because there are people out there walking around who don't realize they are lovable. They are loved. They are loved yeah. by the God of all eternity who created them for his good purpose, for his pleasure. And they're walking around not realizing that yet. And so that's why I carry that message so strongly.
1: So do you, would you define that sense of mission in your life as being able to bring restoration into people's lives and you know letting people know that they are lovable? Would, yes. that, would, would that be the... Yeah. The overarching, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, sense of call that you have.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so tell us how you've been living that out practically, mm. um, you know, be it in church and ministry or mm. be it at work and, you know, in your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some uh, experiences, some ways in which you've lived out that mission that God has for your life?
2: Right. So... Um well if I can start with ministry I mean being involved as you mentioned in the introductions being involved in youth ministry I've worked with young people for years in in youth ministry and really knowing the past that I've come from and remembering what it was like to be a teenager and you know all the ups and downs and the struggles and the trials and the you know everything um really just reminding young people that when you fall there's a God who has grace who is just waiting for you to turn around repent and come back because his arms are open you know and again that's that ministry of restoration towards them and so you know even now current date my phone doesn't go off people call me two three o'clock in the morning because they need to talk and they know they know that I love them they know that there's a God who loves them and they know the truth that they're going to get from me when they call so that's the other thing right but um, when it comes to ministry it's really about equipping them empowering them letting them know that they've been created for so much so much more than what they can see right now and they just Mm -hmm. have to trust god knowing that he has a sovereign plan for for their lives and 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 when it comes to work as it was mentioned before i work in the area of social work and really um centered around the ministry of families i would call it the ministry of families working really in the area of child protection and and helping families in some of the most vulnerable um, you know points in their lives and one of the ways that i really try and carry out this mission and this message is to speak biblical truth into their lives and so I think as a believer being in sort of the secular marketplace uh, knowing the word and understanding it believing it and have confidence in it and understanding the principles of the word I'm able to meet with you know young people children parents families on a collective and give them the principles that are in the word of God and Mm -hmm. teach them how to apply the principles you know children honoring your parents how husbands and wives are supposed to honor each other how to conduct yourselves as a family what for forgiveness and joy means to a family, bringing those those biblical principles into a family and sharing them and then seeing these families healed and restored and ultimately blessed because I'm able to offer that to them.
0: You know, that brings up a great point in terms, you know, Alicia works in the social work field and there's a lot of fields out there. You know, even schools and hospitals now, it's, it's you know, they're really trying to, you um, stop us from sending that message, (laughs) the gospel message. And so Alicia's talking about practical ways where it's not necessarily giving that specific scripture, but teaching biblical principles without necessarily, um, you know, if you can't, quote a specific scripture, but being able to show the love of Christ Mm -hmm. to them and see restoration even in that.
1: And I think, you know, this is also part of what we're trying to do and address uh, through this podcast is the reality that you don't have to be in church. You don't have to be, quote unquote, in ministry to be able to connect with God's mission for your life. God's mission for your life is in your career path, is in the office, is in the neighborhood, is you know, if you're a mother and you're a stay-at-home mom maybe, and you're like well, I don't have a lot of influence. Well, what about the other moms that that drop their kids off to school or at the bus stop and you build a relationship with them or you know you volunteer maybe in the In the rec center, in your community, and you get to meet people there. You know what are the different ways and avenues and opportunities and people that God wants you to connect with, and how can you fulfill God's mission for your life through all those avenues? And even in moments when you can't get up, you know, as I do as a pastor, Sunday to Sunday with a Bible and on a pulpit and you know preaching to people. Mm -hmm. But how can you quote unquote preach without being preachy? You know, without being a preacher, without you know quoting scripture, as you said, Emily, or Even sometimes not having the opportunity to share the name of Jesus, but being able to talk about the principles of Christ Mm -hmm. that will draw people, you know, in in so much that they will then ask you the question well mm-hmm. right. how is it that you know this right. how? and i've heard of so many examples of people's lives who they say well you know we have a policy where i can't say anything but if they ask me then i can i can mm-hmm. answer the question and right. so you know you live your life with such conviction that people do ask you the question about well tell me more and right. tell me who you are and how you know all this right. or there's so much wisdom in you and where does that come from and and then you're able to get into a conversation with them. So mm-hmm. I know, Emily. I I agree. I think this is uh, powerful mm-hmm. for people that are also in a secular environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Alicia. You know, it, even in you, talking about your past and what you've been through and things like that, what would you? How do you uh, use that that specific testimony to share with people? To share with the youth that you're impacting, or the people's lives that you're impacting? How can you take, you know, again that mess into a message and mm. a, and really, um, you know, be able to share that experience with people. Mm. So one
2: of the things that I'm a huge um, lover of is the arts and God's put that love in my heart and I think one of the things that um, happened over the years when I was really just letting go and being restored is I uh, turned towards poetry for a, a period of time and put together a spoken word piece um, called uh, He Touched Me and it was really about um, all that I had gone through with the bu- the abuse and people that I relied on who let me down and you know that moment of restoration where I finally said, okay, God, like you are the one who can touch me because you can heal me, you can restore me. And I remember actually one specific example of a young lady that I worked with. And in my workplace, as you mentioned, you can't always, you know, be saying Jesus and, and you know, talking, quoting scripture, things like that. And I remember she was dealing with a similar situation, similar background. And I felt really so strongly that God was like, you need to share this Peace with her. You need to share it with her. So I asked her one day, I said, can I share something with you? I said, I know that your family, like your grandparents are Christian, you don't really identify as anything, but I want to share something with you. And I read her that spoken word piece and she was in tears by the end. And she asked if she could keep it. And I said, absolutely. And I actually found out not too long ago, maybe about a year or two ago, that she is older now, that she has children now, and she's walking with the Lord. And the person that shared that information with me told me that you know it was that critical moment sitting in my car one day when she said to me you know how is it that you're you've made it out like you're on the other side what happened and that was the door to be able to share about God's love and his restoration in my life and she says to this day that was a pivotal time in her life. You know, that she understood that message and even though she heard it and maybe didn't, you know, take heed to it right away, it was something that anchored her throughout the years until she was at that point where she would make a decision to follow the Lord.
1: Tell us some of the challenges that Mm -hmm. you probably face. Again, it can be either in secular, uh, in your career uh, or or in church, from a church context uh, that that you, challenges you face when you're trying to help people mm. connect with god's mission for their life you know what are the, some of the reasons they may push you away or push that message away and say well i don't think so and i don't think i can do that or i don't think god really loves me or i don't think you know there really is a master plan for my life what are some of those i, mean, I don't know if you have any examples mm-hmm. or specifics but just some of the challenges you face
2: I think in well specific challenges I may not mention, but in general, I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's that mindset. It's people not understanding that God does love them, that they do have purpose, and so really trying to speak life into them. It's almost like hitting a brick wall, but eventually that sledge that sledgehammer breaks through. And so I think the thing, if anyone is really trying to to work with some or someone or coach someone or mentor someone or really try and uh, encourage someone to follow follow their life's mission i think one of the the things i could say is don't give up keep going don't yeah. stop because eventually that love will break through eventually mm-hmm. that message of truth will break through you know those those mindsets that become walls that enclose people in
1: that's incredible and you know what in, uh, we're going to wrap up uh, the podcast today but i really want to do this we don't always do this in every podcast but alicia i want you to speak to somebody that is where you're at because some of the experiences you've had are actually unfortunately quite common in many young people that are growing up today and they're going through a lot of things that they've experienced that they can't talk to anybody about they're, they've sort of locked it up on the inside but mm-hmm. it's really destroying them on the inside and who they are and their sense of identity I, I don't know if you'd agree with this but mm-hmm. I think part of what happens when you're abused or you're you're you know taken advantage of, of in some way or people hurt you in some way verbally or physically or sexually is that it's sort of tarnishes your sense of identity like Mm -hmm. who you feel you are when you look in the mirror so uh, if you can just take the next two to three minutes to just speak to that person that's going through what you went through Mm -hmm. and is still in that place of having everything locked up and has not let it go Mm -hmm. yet and doesn't know Mm -hmm. how to let it Mm go uh, what would you say to them
2: Mm -hmm. what i would say to that person is exactly what god said to me you are lovable like you have the capacity to receive love what's happened and what you've endured and what you're going through at this point isn't enough to stop the love of God from breaking through and making everything okay. Um, What God did in my life where he took my heart that was just hard and calloused and it was just almost seemed impenetrable, he just like in his word took that heart of stone and made it flesh and so that is possible for you Mm -hmm. it is possible for you regardless of what you tell yourself regardless of what others tell you it is possible for you and that things will turn around god has everything in his power he has everything in his control and he can see the end before the beginning and we just have to trust him we got to know that he's going to do good for us because that's what his word says he has a good plan for us we have to trust that he's going to bring people alongside us to hold us up to carry us through some of those challenging moments and cheer us on when we get back on our feet and we're able to walk and then ultimately run but we need to know that person needs to know and understand that at the end of the day you have the capacity to receive love god created you because he loves you Mm -hmm. he created you because he loves you and so you can receive that love and you in return can love him back because he desires it he loves when we look to him and we love him and we have relationship with him
0: That's good. It's incredible. Thank you so much for being on today's podcast. I know that you've made an impact on some of our listeners today, and we thank you for being here. Thank Thank you, Alicia. Thank you you so much for being
1: here. Emily, I think that was an incredible podcast Mm -hmm, there, and an interview with with Alicia Johnson there. What an amazing story.
0: Yeah, you know, this really goes on talking again about the redemptive power, and God can take us out of any place. And you know, just how much... We're hearing about how somebody's decision to follow Christ impacts somebody else's decision, and impacts others. And this is what it's about. It's about spreading the the gospel message and and making disciples of Christ. You know,
1: one of the things that stood out to me actually about Alicia's story was that, you know, we talk about Mission Connect and connecting with God's mission for your life. uh, And it's more of how we connect with God's mission. But what stood out to me was that God is also looking to connect with us. Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. is also reaching out, if you will, you know, stretching out his hand through whatever situation we're we're going through and he's constantly wanting to connect and wanting to relate and wanting to reach out and say I'm still here and if you will give me a chance I'm able to turn things around for you and I think that is uh, you know that that's a source of confidence I think for people to say you know what God is there and he is reaching out and he does want to connect me with his purpose for my life.
0: Yeah, and you know, God is just waiting for us to respond and we need to put ourselves in a position where we're ready to respond to all that God has for us.
1: And you know, sorry you cut you off there, Emily, but I I just thought for a moment, for one of the things that Alicia said was how when she was locked in that, you know, locked up mm-hmm. in that locker there at school, how, you know, what she had encountered and experienced, she became that. That yeah. was a negative context. Yeah. You know, those people, those students that, that heard her that much, she became that person that that was hurting others but you know i i also thought about the reality that what happens when God starts to love us now? Because we begin to reflect Mm -hmm. that now. Mm -hmm. When we absorb or embrace God's love, we begin to love others as well. So we become a product of what we embrace. And so, you know, to all our listeners, I just want to encourage you, embrace the love of God. Because when you do that, when you embrace God's mission and God's love for your life, you um, you begin to portray that to others. You begin to express that to others as well. So, great podcast today.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And thank you all for listening. Remember, you can connect with us online www.passiontoreach.com or email us at info at passion2reach.com. Thanks so much for tuning in uh, this week and we're so excited uh, to bring this podcast back to you next week and hope you'll tune in then.
0: Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week and if you haven't yet please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.